My friends, this is Laura Bancroft, and I've just heard the most amazing podcast called It Was Murder. Eric, Ellen, Joe, y'all keep up the good work now you're here, and let's drop the vintage soda pop and break out the bourbon. Jen, baby, Jen. Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world. I am your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. And I'm the satisfied virgin, Joe Garber. And I'm not going to do a southern accent. Oh, wow. Well, kudos to you. Can you believe it? <laughs> I don't believe it, y'all. Not really. You haven't started, so I don't know if I do. I can't believe it. Tonight we're doing rhinestone hearts <laughs> in the uh heyday of the country music and culture resurgence of the early 80s, which I always found <laughs> confounding. But uh I now I have a real appreciation for it, and I have a lot of weird thoughts about. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to some of them <laughs> yeah, after, I can't wait. after we do our minute maxes, where we, we give a try at <laughs> summing oh, up the plot of this crazy ass episode. <laughs> give it a try. <laughs> 60 <laughs> seconds or less. Yeah. And it begins with Ellen. We rounded up Rawhide. It does? It does. Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I just spent a week, like right before I went to bed, thinking like, oh, oh no, I'm last. No. I'm last. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh God. Oh no. Okay. Okay. Uh, I need a week to okay. think about this episode. Jesus. Okay. Um. Wow. This is. Ooh. I'm just gonna jump in, and I am so so sorry. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. God, I'm so stupid. Why am I like I'm just literally like smiling and pulling the covers up to my chin, <laughs> legit having that thought. Like, oh, that soothes me. Now I can sleep. Okay. Rhinestone hearts. Here we go. So it opens with an ambiguously old, not old woman, fake old woman, and her fake son robbing a jewelry store where the old woman hilariously um just she just cracks that jewelry store owner on the back of his neck and he drops like a stone they successfully <laughs> steal the jewels which makes me think that is actually one of the best planned heists in heart-to-heart history so far anyways so then we um see the hearts watching oh no there's a thing where some blonde man is being threatened about the diamonds that just got stolen question mark so then we go to playtime where a country singer that's signed to the heart record label division is singing and there's a bunch of men of hench, including Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that the husband um, is in on the diamond thing. He stole the diamonds and is mad at her, the country singer lady, because he's emasculated and she's successful. Anyways, a bunch of shit happens. It's in a costume. I'm just going to leave it to you guys. <laughs> this is a, a new low for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a rough one. This one's a really rough one. Like, I. I... It's just a lot. It's a lot and a little so at, at, at the same time. It's a lot of a little. I, 
There's so many characters too. Yeah. I just gave almost no information about this episode whatsoever. <laughs> All right, I'm going to I'm going to attempt to just do bullet points. Oh, I I'm going to fail miserably, but I'm going to try. I was no help. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's it's cool. Um rhinestone hearts. A New York jewelry store is robbed and uh one of the people responsible for the robbery is the husband of a popular country singer uh who's named the Rhinestone Girl or something <laughs> and uh they're friends with or she's friends with the Hearts so the Hearts plan a party at their house that's hay themed and then they uh go there Jennifer is put in an outfit that she absolutely doesn't want to wear that's covered in stolen diamonds. Uh, and then someone makes her believe that he is going to rape her in one of the most horrific scenes. Uh, but all he wants is the outfit and he could have just said that and took taken it. Anyway, the husband uh, is constantly trying to get this outfit back for the diamonds, but it keeps changing hands. Then he finally gets it. He gets in a prop plane and then the hearts chase down a prop plane in a really <laughs> laboriously cut scene. And <laughs> that's kind of all that happened. Good job. Thank you. I think I, yeah, I, I'm unsure, but I, I think that's what happened. I'm so oh, I think you just gave like 90% more yeah. actual facts about the episode than I did. It was, so thank you. I'm so confused about what happened in this episode. I, still. I have a lot of questions. I really <laughs> thought they were going to explain at the end, but they never did. Okay. Rhinestone hearts. All right. We start off with a jewelry heist in New York where a young lady is acting like an older woman and <laughs> pretends to have a heart attack so that she can get into the back and then pulls a gun out and robs them. And then it's the hearts in LA. They say, we'll meet you in LA to get the diamonds or to get payment or whatever. Then they were in LA and it's a country <laughs> singer that the hearts know whose husband did the jewelry theft with all of his like 30 men of hench uh, who at the back of the country thing, shoot the guy who was going to meet them. Then they turn the jewels into an outfit for some reason, force Jennifer to wear it at a party that they throw for the country singer that they, the country singer then gives them a tour of what's happening at the party. That's at their house. Their floor is coated in hay. Uh, Jonathan chases a man on a horse. A man tries to looks like he's trying to rape Jennifer in a very weird scene. Gets away. Hated that. The the husband shoots him in the woods. Everyone's killing all these men of hench, and then he tries to fly to Mexico with his country singer, who the whole time I thought was the old lady in the jewelry heist, but wasn't. She was just an innocent lady. <laughs> the end. <laughs> oh no, she's just an innocent country music singer married to the worst person alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel like even though my minute max was the absolute most fractured terrible one yet i believe that i might be able to answer some of the questions you might have about the episode Please. because usually we tr i try and answer them even when i don't necessarily know the answer so i'm just putting that out there because i don't want you to rely on my minute max as proof that i <laughs> actually just didn't even turn on the tv this week. i appreciate that i i'm so happy that you may have answers for us but we do have a ringer oh Bill oh, thank God. has hey. sent oh, us thank God. a Minute Max. Nice. And as we all know, Bill and Jenny never let us down. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's let's oh. hear it. They might explain. Why do I even have to do it on the weeks when they do it? Why do I have to do it? Like you, I could have just been spared. We should do like a lottery. <laughs> can we can we just do this week? Can this week's episode just be theirs and then we jump in? Yeah. <laughs> We'll just call them right now. Asking for a friend. 
who is me ask them to talk about it well see to me part of the one of the funniest things about our podcast is us trying to do the minute maxes and when we're bad i think it's even funnier than when we're good so but i am always appreciative of of bill and jenny or anyone who wants to do a minute max please send us your minute maxes we love them uh but it's so hard i mean i Except for Bill and Jenny, I can understand with the, uh, particularly with the way that I talk about it, I can certainly understand why people would be like, why would I do that? Why don't I just take a knife and stab it into the back of my hand? (laughs) People for the Ethical Treatment of Orphans presents Rhinestone Hearts. Whistler's mother and Dennis the Menace rob Von Dom's jewelry store of nine million in stones. Jesse Cowan and Freddie Fettuccini hatch a plan to fence the diamonds in Canada. You know, Saskatchewan. Jonathan and Jennifer go fish out of water at a country western bar where they meet Lorraine Tyler, the rhinestone cowgirl, my poke. The hearts turn Will upon drive into an Ozark hoedown, and Max makes Chernobyl chili. The fringe fairy takes an outfit made for a pixie and makes it to fit Jennifer. Oh, look, lion dancing. Jesse Cowan, Freddy Krueger, and a man of hench discuss ways in which to rape Jennifer Hart. Ugh. Mayhem ensues. Jonathan and Jennifer discover the rhinestones are actually diamonds. There's a scene with Max and some creepy, oversexed dry cleaner. The hearts play chicken with a Cessna. Jonathan beats down Jesse. Settle up, Heart Squad. It's time for the podcast. The end. Yay, Yay, Bill. (laughs) Thank you, Bill. Thank God. That was great. Thank you, Bill and Jenny. You're our only hope. Yeah, you're our only hope. (laughs) That that answered one of my questions, which was- The fencing. The fencing in Canada, which I was like, what the fuck are you doing? What what are they doing? It was so they could get it through customs. But they were Get it out of the country. That's why they sewed it onto the costume. Why did they they force Jennifer to wear it? Do we know? They no, didn't. Um, they didn't, didn't know Lorene. what was happening. Lorene was unaware. Lorene was just excited, oh. and she's clearly like the sweetest rhinestone cowgirl in the world. <laughs> and she just thought, for her, it was like a special gesture because the hearts are throwing the party, and she's really excited about you know how she's got this successful career. It's the fir- it's the night before the big tour. World and tour she has this new thing, and so it's a gesture to show Jennifer, you know, that she thinks she's special. That's that, she, mean, that she's part of it. That's cool, but she pushed that on Jennifer so hard. Jennifer did not want to wear that outfit. She said no very clearly. <laughs> she said no, but thank you. And when when uh, Lorraine said when Lorraine said you look really good, Jennifer was like, "Really? Yeah." <laughs> it was real. Oh, it was brutal. I felt I felt awkward yeah. for a lot of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing in that scene that I like is when Max comes out. Jonathan says, "This is our friend Max." Oh, right. Yeah. And then, of course, Jesse, we know he's bad because he's kind of rude to everybody. He was rude to Max. What he he, my my last name's Cohen or whatever. My last name's Cowan. Right. It's like, all right. Oh, it's like hmm, someone seems defensive. Yeah, it's funny that they emasculated. (laughs) Little did we know how deep that emasculation male fragility. Funny that they introduced Max as a friend because they forgot that they lived with him at one point during the episode when he was in their kitchen at night and offering them food. (laughs) They were like, "Someone's in the kitchen," as if an intruder uh, came in. But it was just Max. Clearly, I think when you're like three hours after someone you believe someone was trying to sexually assault you, Mm. like when you hear noises, you probably just immediately are freaked yeah she bounced back from that awfully quick though so quick in what i thought was the most adorable scene in the episode and it may last for the entire season is my favorite jonathan and jennifer moment of her saying 
can you do me a favor? And then sitting down to have him take her boots off. Mm. I loved that. There were a couple of really good Jonathan Jennifer moments in this episode that I was so down with. And then there was a bunch of hay. Yeah. So much hay. (laughs) And a barn and a wagon wheel. And a wagon wheel. (laughs) Oh, put it in front of the Van Gogh. Yeah. Well, I really feel like... I have to talk about the Van Damme jewelry robbery mm-hmm. because oh, amazing. I'm not saying that jewelry store owners should get threatened with the gun, tricked, threatened with a gun, and then hit on the back of the head with it and knocked unconscious and robbed. I'm not saying that, just so we're clear. <laughs> okay. But what I am saying is perhaps one of the morals of that story is that you shouldn't just let people who you think are rich do anything they want, even though you have $9 million of diamonds in your safe. Yeah. yeah, totally true. That's a very good point. I mean, like, who is Mrs. Belding? She's not even a real person. Mm-mm. That's not her son. She looks like she's 40. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, just yeah. a lot of questions. That's my first was, note, is why is this young lady acting like yeah, she's it's old? It's a young, old lady. Mm-hmm. It's not convincing. Although I liked that Mrs. Belding, whatever her real name is, because she had fallen ill in order to knock somebody unconscious and steal jewelry, that before they go back out into the jewelry store to make their escape, that she pulls out the handkerchief that is her method acting sign that she is sick. And before she even even opens the door, she like puts it to her mouth like fucking Camille or something and kind of does like a little consumption cough. Totally. She's a good actor. You know that so I don't know whoever that actress was is not in the credits, and I, I know I am still wondering if it was Charlie McLean who is the country singer who plays Lorene. I thought it was the same character for the entire episode. I did too, oh, and I was actually I a little at all. Really? I was a little bummed. No, no, that, up that until she that wasn't when they were in the airplane. That's when I realized it wasn't the same character. Oh I was like, "What is going on?" We can't we can't jump oh. ahead to the end yet, but. I have so much to say about that. I was so confused. (laughs) So confused. I feel a little heartbroken, honestly, about the ending. So I'm just going to try and (laughs) put that out of my head for right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, so playtime. Yes. At the playtime when um, Charlie McLean slash Laureen Tyler, the rhinestone cowgirl, is performing. Mm -hmm. I was sort of wondering, like, is that her real band? And then I noticed that. Jonathan couldn't even pretend to be interested in the performance, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. We learned that Heart Industries has a record division, which yep. is great. I, I wrote that it's in very, my It's notes. such a diverse, diverse uh, corporation. Um, yeah. We've talked about that and before. We've wondered if they had a record I, I specifically asked that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that turns out they do. I'm so happy. And the Rhinestone Cowgirls on it, which is a big <sighs> get. That band, uh, I, <laughs> so I had never heard that song before. It was apparently a moderate hit, um, uh, sleeping with the radio on. Mm-hmm. It was a cute song. I thought it was a very adorable song, mm. but I, <laughs> I, when it started, I was like, this isn't a country song. This band is not a country band. Mm. This is a weird jazz band that is like trying to <laughs> do country stuff. And I, I, of course, couldn't look up anything. Like I couldn't see who the band members were because I assumed it was Mark Snow and his band. Ah, but maybe it was her actual band. I don't know. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. It was a real I guess song. We could when we got sure. close-ups of them at the party, I was like, well, they're very unattractive. So they're really? a real band. <laughs> I was thinking the opposite. <laughs> See, oh, I, that I, drummer? I, I was like, damn. The yeah. drummer? The drummer. No. That's the one I liked the most. Are you serious? I think so. Oh, he, oh, he looked oh, like wow. he was he looked like he was gonna snort meth off of your corpse. Like he did I, not look good. <laughs> I, I would love that. I and for that reason, I hope it was her real band. Um <laughs> I had to ask you, Eric, because I felt like you would get get a sense of uh, whether or not those were actual musicians yes, or they were actual the most, musicians the, the most realistic casting ever from heart to heart <laughs> they definitely ever. were real musicians whether they okay. were her band or not i i can't speak to that at all although i am gonna go on a youtube dive and watch some charlie mclean <laughs> videos and maybe see what's the, up the playtime band it might be the playtime band uh the the song yeah it's like it was cute you can totally imagine that uh, on fm car radio like kind of it's just kind of sweet the pacing's a little sleepy mm-hmm. it's a country music-y story <laughs> that's yeah. a, that's the only thing that i could really pull country from was the story in the song was a very country music story but mm-hmm. the the arrangement and the song itself just didn't feel like that but it also felt like you know, late seventies, early eighties, yeah, pop like that music pop intersection, Captain yeah. Centennial kind of very shit. much yeah. happening. But also, like Charlie has her little twang, so mm-hmm. that's probably. I love her voice. Her it, voice. I love her voice. Was so incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kept thinking that there would be some sort of great, like, sweeping pedal steel moment or something to really, you know, like I thought there'd be something but there wasn't even like really a bridge that was like was like sig- signaling country that would have been, awesome. been the thing that, that would have been, been the thing yeah. that brought it to a country music place for me and i guess full disclosure i'm not a country music fan in general <laughs> um but my yeah i i know that i'm unfair to country music i know that i am ah. personally unfair to country music uh but this song didn't really strike like i would hear that and not think of that as a country song yeah but i liked it and i really like charlie i like looking at her i like listening to her talk i thought that song was like i could get down with that song it but it did i know because we talked very briefly last week when we were um gearing up to watch the episode (laughs) we were talking about where we all stood on country music in general Mm -hmm. and so instead of spending the time to sort of get my thoughts together uh, for the minute max instead <laughs> i just did a deep dive into of course i'm that one of the billions of people that just loves things like desert island discs and whatever i mean i just love to navel gaze and ponder my own top tens of anything or like what would i recommend and whatever and of course albums mm-hmm. albums albums um and what i learned as i was thinking about it was that um I super, super love the country influence. And there's so many more performers and bands that really lead with a, a country or country-ish um, influence that I super love. And the albums that I thought of were kind of people that straddle the worlds a little bit. So maybe Charlie's like a, a world straddler or something. Um, I learned that I love anyone with the last name Cash, although very specifically. <laughs> and... Um, that I just get real sad when I think about Graham Parsons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the early 80s country research or it's not a resurgence, it was like a a mainstream appearance 
New um, thing. Yeah. It was so interesting to me because I didn't care for the music at the time. Mm-hmm. And now I have a very different opinion of it. Like mm-hmm. I, I, now it's, it may be kind of steeped in nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it is, it, there are things about it that I really, really enjoy. And even like back, back to like 1975 with the movie Nashville, um, there yeah. are, there are a couple of songs in that movie that I think are so great. And then there are a couple of songs in it that I think are like, yeah, this is the kind of country music that I don't like. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's not what this is. That's not what this podcast is about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I, I, I liked, I liked Charlie's <laughs> song. I liked sleeping with the radio on. Right. Uh, this episode is about a country music star. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it, but yeah. I, of course, I just want to talk about all the albums that I was like reminiscing about and that I super love. But Joe, I know when we were talking last time, you were asking me about albums or bands that I particularly liked. And now I just have a whole list that I will tell you after we're done. Anybody else out there is is perversely interested in any of my recommendations of country-influenced current performers? We'll do Ellen's list. The only thing I don't have is like, I don't do things like Hank Williams Jr., Mm. except for the that weird theme song for Monday night football that they used to have. (laughs) And then he did something fucked up and now they don't have it. (laughs) Um, But I just have to give just a shout out to the fact that I recently rediscovered seven year ache by Roseanne cash. Mm. And that album is so defining of that eighties country thing. Um, Anyways, I'll stop talking about that. And Eric can just edit this out, which is the great reason that I can just keep talking. Um, well, no, Calexico, She's <laughs> the Wire, uh, Emmy Lou Harris, Mark Eitzel. Oh, I'm trying to think. I'm. I can't. I can't pull a. I can't just pull a country thing out of my hat. Um, I should have prepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a new well, apron that's- <laughs> from Max. Oh, we did get a new apron from it's Max. It's a denim apron, and it says the feed bin. <laughs> <laughs> not super exciting oh, no, but pretty is, country that, this is what i wanted to talk about this is because i i Max cracked up i cracked up oh, i'm so ready to talk about the clothes when uh when at the at playtime jennifer mm-hmm. says like oh come over for the party and her the quote is if there's a shortage of hay it's entirely entirely our fault yeah. Truth. so here's my question yeah yeah. You have a the, America is massive. There are there are giant areas where there's a culture people who like us from other areas have no knowledge of, have no like connection to. Like our knowledge of it is tertiary. It's from pop culture, it's from whatever. Right. If you invite someone <laughs> who's a country singer mm. to your house in LA for a party, why are you going to make it look like a fucking barn? I don't understand what that party that was. That bothered at all. me. It was like, it seemed almost, cl- it was cloying. It was absolutely cloying, but it was also, it seemed like rude. You could take offense to that. Like, am I not, am I not worthy of a glamorous party? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's be hay all over there's the floor. There's hay all over your fucking floor. For you to enjoy it in a barn. There's and chili a wag- that no one can eat. And a wagon wheel leaning up against the wall. Yeah, it seemed like. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a theme party, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I guess I, I took it to be like kind of like a funny theme party, and not like they thought that Charlie, mm. she can't, you know, she doesn't know any better. She doesn't, she's not city, she's country. But it also like there's 
a lot of things with that point out like what is about a farm like it's like country western cowboy those are three very different things Mm -hmm. that you know overlap and intersect um literally and and otherwise it's just kind of weird yeah i mean for me what my actual thought when i saw the hay in the house was like oh they're going to be cleaning that up forever and then i also thought i couldn't go to that party i would sneeze my face off yeah 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 that'd be horrible but the chili the chili i was bothered by that why would why would max make intentionally too hot chili i don't know max as we know is a chef like he is a very good cook right and for him to make a giant pot of chili with whole jalapeno peppers just floating, whole, whole jalapenos <laughs> and so serranos weird. just floating around in it. I was like, yeah, this is just offensive to me. Like, yeah. This, this is wrong. Like, if you want to make it look like it's too hot, just make it red. And then we'll all know that right. it's too hot. Right. But I mean, they hey. even did like the cartoonish melting spoon uh, thing. That was so stupid. I hated that. That really, that I was back in that in the Acme factory at that moment. I was just like, no. Yeah, it was so meep meep. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it was meep meep. Really bad. I, uh, I mean, the only way it could be weirder would be this, if there was like the sound effect, right? Or like the little, ste- little um, smoke or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. The, <laughs> that was bad. But, I mean, I love chili. Me too. So I was still sort of like, I was still sort of in because it's just like, mmm, chili. Like I'm that simple. You're like, oh, a stew from any culture. I love how people really get into chili culture. Obviously, like traditional things that are, you know, better. But people take that and and run with it. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of awesome. That's awesome on its own. Um, I, I had a friend, this chili reminded me of a story from my friend who we all called soup because he <laughs> was on a camping trip and they made a big vat of chili for everybody there. And they put a uh, one ghost pepper in the chili to spice the whole pot. He slurped out a bowl in his first bite, got the ghost pepper and just chewed it up and ate it oh, immediately. No. And then he spent the rest of the night throwing up. And then after that, whenever he drank alcohol his eyes his eyelids would get bloodshot and so they would look like he was what? wearing mascara yeah like every anytime he got drunk his eyes would, he broke his body yeah like he <laughs> b- burst these blood vessels from the spice apparently this is a story i don't know how true this is but we called him soup from then on because oh, of that what story does soup have to did you say soup yeah soup because uh does- i don't know soup and chili <laughs> Maybe it was soup. Maybe it wasn't chili. <laughs> I don't know. It's a stew. It's more a stew than a soup. I think of <laughs> soups, chilies, and stews as pretty similar things. Yeah. Any any liquid any liquid based. <laughs> yeah, and soup is a funnier name than chili. Soup is a funny name for an, a nickname for a climber friend. Yeah. I, that story makes me sad and uncomfortable, and also afraid. Yeah, it was. It's intense. <laughs> I didn't know it could do that. And I don't. I still don't know if it could do that. Honestly, maybe that's a lie. But that's what he said. When he gets wait, you said when he gets drunk, his eyelids discolor. Mm-hmm. When he drinks enough alcohol, his eyelids go red. And I mean, we saw it happen. I drank with him a lot because he was a climbing friend, and we saw it happen every time. His eyelids would be dark, like he was wearing mascara, sort of. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. Like a vas. I mean, obviously, alcohol, right, and your vascular system are mm-hmm. engaged yeah. in a process, but. Huh. Is that fucking crazy? And yeah, that's very scary. 
but I like the moment when it's like she, you'd have to explain it like every time or something. Yeah, that my name is Soup because of this reason. <laughs> Not uh, Soup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, duh. I don't understand that part. Uh, when the when the rhinestone cowgirl ate some of the chili, I thought that was kind of a cute moment between her and Max because she was like, "I'm from the spiciest part of the chili belt" or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I mean, she's just a cutie. You know, she was really charismatic. Yeah. And she had such glossy brunette hair. Who can resist? She really did. What confused me about that party extra right after that moment, the hearts are, they're all standing in the kitchen and then some music starts and the hearts are saying, oh, what's that? And she's like, oh, that's something that'll cool us off. Follow me. And she's showing the hearts what's happening at the party that they painstakingly planned. It was just very confusing. And it made me wonder why they said it at their house. Why didn't, why wasn't this just a party that they were all at together or something like that? It just seemed really strange and to be full of hay. If they went to a real barn outside of LA, that would have been awesome. The hay really bothers me. I I really was bothered by the hay. It's, Mm. It's bothersome. Well, it just seems tacky. Like, it's just tacky. Like, I I get a theme party. I totally get it. Like, everyone wearing the uh, Mm. opulent country Mm -hmm. western garb, that's fun. Like, that's very fun. Whatever. The hay is just going to make everyone uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have to clean for, like, a year. Yeah, just set the scene at an actual barn party. Like, she's showing the hearts a big barn party that they're having. This is what she does. You know, she's this country singer. Why have it at the Hart's house? I don't understand. Well, I just think, why not? Or or have it at Oil Can Harry's. Yeah. Or like, like <laughs> Play do it like Oil Can Harry's where it's just like, it's just a, it's just a nice place. Yeah. That's playing country music and yeah. people are line dancing mm-hmm. and it's stylish and kind of hip in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that shit. Yeah. I mean, I think we can agree that. If we were the event planners for uh, Lorraine Tyler's um, good luck on your <laughs> world tour party, that it would not resemble the little shindig that the hearts mm. threw. And absolutely, the menu. Would oh be my different. God. There's that. I was so disappointed in, in the decision to make Max a, a buffoon. In the kitchen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he does it again at the I, end of the episode with that burning spoon. I know. Well, I thought Max, I was hoping. I was hoping that it was going to be like, no, I figured it out. I perfected it, and they and eat it's it. Really and it's like amazing. Yeah. But I don't know. I found something. I think I'm just putting something in there that maybe is not there. But I just feel like all the cuts back to Lionel <laughs> Sander, like that. The look on his face was one that I feel I see frequently on his face. Where there's just kind of this thing that it's like, I can't tell if it's Max doesn't give a fuck or if it's that Max is just just the puppet master or something. I mean, like he's he knew the chili was really hot. He says he's purposely making the chili really hot. He clearly doesn't give a shit if it's inedible, which is pointed out to him several times. Most unfortunately to me, by giving it to the dog, which is the worst thing ever. That was the worst thing ever. So for me, if I was going to have a problem with with anything about the events of the party, besides um, (laughs) something that's made to seem like Jennifer's about to be sexually assaulted in her own house, it Uh. is that and giving 
burning hot food to your dog. That's yeah. so so mean. Yeah. That's so mean. I didn't mm. understand that. Mm-mm. So maybe Max was just like, he, it's, it was like a Jekyll and Hyde moment. He was Jekylling out. Yeah. <laughs> My problems with the hay and a lot of these things tie into a lot of elements of the episode and a lot of elements of the early 80s country craze where it was like people wearing these costumes of country, mm-hmm. like the, the country thing, which is an American cultural phenomenon or whatever, like or, or just an American cultural element, mm-hmm. which is, I think, neat. Um, I think it's very cool. I don't, I don't necessarily want to take part in it, but I do think it's cool. I like that it exists. Um, well, and I would say it's, it's actually country Western. Country Western, culture, yes, yes, right? yes. But it's so funny to me that it's like in popular culture depictions of country Western culture, mm-hmm. it's just turned up so high. <sighs> yeah. Like the clothes is one thing. I love the clothes. I loved, mm-hmm. I loved uh, yeah. Lorene's purple yeah. outfit when she was first singing her song. That was awesome. I thought, mm-hmm. I, and I, those clothes look good yeah. on most people, which is like a real a okay for me. Like, <laughs> Focus are, on the butts. It's all yeah. about focus on the butts and then like point to the tits. It's it's yeah. a great look. It's a really good like those were- kind of sexualized look that we think <laughs> of as wholesome because it's white. Uh, but it's I love it. I love it. What I don't love though is the Cadillac with mm. fourteen oh. guns on it and spurs on the rearview mirror, which was oh, so comedically God. ridiculous. But. I think based on one click, quick little bit, um, that that's the nudie mobile. The what? Nudie mobile. The nudie mobile. Who that? Oh, okay. When the hearts have that little gag where they're like, "I got this. I I went and had nudie make me this outfit as a special surprise," and then Jonathan says the same thing, and then they're both wearing the same. Oh. Oh, is shirt. is nudie? It's a- nudie. Yeah, it's nudie Cone who was a tailor like nudie's. Rodeo Taylors was it out in the valley. Um, yeah. And the new new mobile huh. was the car. And so <laughs> I didn't have a chance to look and see if nudie made the rhinestone cowgirl outfits, but that would not surprise me because that, that was it. So um, that nudie, makes sense. Nudie was a real thing. Apparently Nudie's a real person. Wow. Yeah. That lived in LA. Although nudie cone is not, is not his real name. He was an immigrant from Eastern Europe. But uh, the other thing that I thought made it so great was that the original rhinestone cowgirl is um, that's attributed always to Bobby Nudie's wife. Oh, so he he got became known um, for making these amazing outfits, and he did a lot for hmm. um, country singers, and then everybody like he made Graham Parsons marijuana suit. Ah, this is the Nudie Mobile. Yeah. I just googled it, and you're right. He, he also did, I mean, there's a lot of iconic stuff. I think that people, who's who's more known now? Um, Chris Isaac, his mm-hmm. crazy duds, that's nudie. Um, but, oh, the best one, the best one. Well, the Grand Parsons marijuana suit is my favorite one. But um, he made Elvis Presley's gold lame suit. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, so nudie. I'm wondering if it's he made the, uh, I saw Chris Isaac at the Puyallup Fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, many, many years ago, and he wore a disco ball suit. Oh, yeah. That's got to be nudie. so good. Like, even the cut was good. Like, everything worked mm-hmm. about this disco ball suit. 
um, <laughs> you know, not to detract from the fact that it was on a beautiful man who <laughs> could sing real good, <laughs> but uh, it was so cool and dress real cool. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of the rhinestone craziness that is very recognizable, like celebrity outfits. And, you know, like Buck Owens had those crazy blue suits with the red and white flowers, mm-hmm. like the appliques and all that stuff. Um, that's all nudie. That's so cool. But is there a documentary about it? and stuff? Mm. That I don't know. Um, I think that, I mean, he and Bobby are both, have both passed away, I think in the 90s. But I think that the kids still have, like, there's like a, they still have a, a business of, a business. They still have a business. Hmm. Or that's the last that I remember. So nudie there's Co- a book. Nudie Cohen's book. real name is what's his real name? It's Russian, right? Is it Russian? Nuta Kotliarenko. <laughs> he died in 1984. Oh wow. Um, oh, 1984. Yeah. Did Bobby die in the 90s? Um, I don't know. I'm sorry, but I demand a documentary about nudie Cohen. <laughs> like nudie. I, that, that's, I would be surprised if there isn't one. That um, if there is one, if anyone listening knows of a documentary about Nudie Cohen, I need it in my life. <laughs> I also need a documentary about the uh, the Italian design house that started the Memphis. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh Memphis like, furniture. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I just Love watched it. Ruthless People the other day, and it's like oh, yeah. entirely <laughs> Memphis. <laughs> And I love it so much. I love the name Nudie, and I love that car. The name uh, Nudie is great. The Nudie Mobile. There's like 16 guns just affixed as hood ornaments all over it, and a spurs on the on the, the spurs rear view, on the rearview mirror, and a me. Longhorn on the front. See, they might say it in in the episode, and I just didn't catch it. But I don't think so. I don't um, know that they do. I, I was like, oh, because they mentioned Nudie. You know, later when they're changing into their outfits, I'm like, oh, but you can see on the um, spare tire, the cover says Nudie on it on the Nudie mobile. Oh. That was my other. I was like, oh, but I love that they were that they worked with Nudie and Bobby since the show was about the rhinestone cowgirl. I yeah, think that's awesome. That's really cool. So many horseshoes on that car affixed to it. <laughs> What a cool car. I wonder I, where it is now. I love that shit. I, I, I do love the that The Nudie Mobile is still in effect, I think. The Nudie Mobile really drove me crazy, <laughs> but I... But now, I mean, but as Nudie's Nudie Mobile... Knowing that it's right? knowing that it's a weird Russian dude who came to LA just to make country western clothes for <laughs> yeah, that's for, awesome. for celebrities like that fucking rules. Mm-hmm. I love that because I love a just, hustler. I love a hustler. That's like, it's like Dapper Dan. Like it's I, I love Dapper mm-hmm. Dan, and I love I love all of these things where it's like a, a culture a culture embodied by fashion, and the fashion is absurd at times. Like that's such a cool thing to me. Yeah. Just flashy, and I yeah. By all accounts, I think he was kind of a, a character and a flashy guy. But it's a great immigrant story. Yep, it's got all the things. But so now, whenever you see people in a crazy suit, it's it might be him, might be a nudie, mm. um, or it might just be part of that influence. But he really took it all the way. Mm. I mean, when you're doing stuff for share, like you're yeah winning. Oh yeah, you know you won. Um, what did we think about this horse chase? <laughs> The horse chase. Oh, the horse chase. Okay, so Ugh. after I, after the man of hench, after Barnes, I think after Barnes, David. who has the most luscious hair of mm. any man of hench to yes. this mm-hmm. this point, mm-hmm. when he 
hideously makes Jennifer think that he is going to sexually assault her Ugh. by holding her at gunpoint and um, gesturing all over about her outfit and telling her to take her clothes off because he's trying to get the rhinestone or the diamond encrusted outfit that Jennifer has on. Mm-hmm. Then Jonathan comes upstairs. They get in a crazy <laughs> fist fight and then they both run outside and jump on horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then off they go and it is crazy. It's crazy. And then they're on the a- backs of trucks. Yeah, <laughs> and pretending to ride horses. And there's a yeah. there's a third horseman for full body shots that just came into the chase somehow. Oh, that was no, that was like with, that was Jonathan the Stuntman. Worst wig yeah, ever. Exactly. Yeah. The worst wig ever. Yeah, uh, Robert Wagner's was, hair is just so straightforward. How could they not find a better wig? I honestly don't know which person they were trying to show doing those stunts because it looked like in between Jonathan and this weird henchman. It was weird. Yeah, <laughs> it also went on. Forever. Yeah, yeah, I got a little bored. I kind of loved it because they were riding, you know, like they're riding down suburban streets, like (laughs) super fast (laughs) on horseback. (laughs) And then they get to that park. And then Jonathan's all like, which casting the Sundance Kidding or Man from Snowy Rivering down the bank, you know, like it's that's some serious horse action. Yeah. Pretty horsey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I did enjoy that moment that there were just two horses outside too is is crazy enough. But I I, I wish they, they had They were eating all the hay. <laughs> yeah. I they thought they were it... drawn to the house by the hay. They didn't the hearts didn't even order them for the party. Those yeah. horses just were like, What's to eat? Hey, it's a hay buffet. Yep. Uh I would have loved it if they had gone more into the city. I thought that would have been really fun, but probably oh, way out of budget for that would have been great. this episode. Yeah. Well, so the, the hearts are in Bel Air, so they could have gotten to like Rodeo Drive. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fun. Oh, that would have crashed so, through I, I, a budgetary crash through sure, a boutique but, window. Yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. They could have like rode past Nudie's boutique. Hor- like yeah, police chasing <laughs> them. That would have oh. been so cool. But no budget. Was, I'm sure I was there was happy no with with yeah. what I got on that. I did want. I did want. <laughs> I was happy until about five minutes into it, and I was like, "This is going on for fucking ever." Yeah, it's funny that they didn't do this in the Fringe episode. What was that one called? Hot Country Hearts <laughs> or whatever, what? where they go to the ranch. Was that even in this season? Oh, that was no. That was second season. Second season. It's funny that they didn't where do they a kill horse. Bill Raintree. They don't do a horse chase in that one, but they do it in this one. That episode is called "The Death of Bill Raintree." To me, yeah, <laughs> Cochise. Well, but they- Right, it's not a horse chase. They escape on horseback. Mm. Right, it's a car. And Jennifer's riding the horse that doesn't quite clear the gate. Murder in the saddle. Murder in the saddle. Murder in the saddle. Murder in the saddle. Funny that they chose to do the horse chase now when that would have been. I mean, I don't know. It it was still fun. I still liked it. I liked it. I felt like I liked it. It kind of for me. It kind of juiced it up. Yeah, gave it the juice, and it briefly made me. Uh, overcome the intense trauma I was feeling about Jennifer believing she was going to be raped in her own closet. God, that was yeah. awful. The whole everything about that scene was awful, and part of why it was so awful to me was that it was actually pretty well done. Like the yeah. guy, the henchman that mm-hmm. brought her up there, the way he did it was terrifying. It was like they're yeah. dan- they're dancing. Then he pulls a gun out, and it all seems totally playful. Yeah, and he's smiling the entire time. And by the time she realizes that this is real, I'm already just like, oh, no, this is Mm -hmm. awful. And when her cowering in the closet, that was like, that's a lot for a heart to heart episode. Like they have not gone that far. Yeah. 
for me at least, I have not seen anything in a heart to heart episode that was that brutal and genuinely terrifying. Like, ugh. yeah, that that was dark. I mean, that was very dark. Mm-hmm. And the dancing already, I was feeling weird about it because I know that's I don't know what that particular dance is called. But <laughs> so basically, if for people that didn't see it, it's where the man or whoever's leading is standing on the inside. Everyone's going around in a circle. And then um, the lead has the partner clasped tightly around the shoulders. So they're sort of pulled together, almost like a three-legged race, but, mm-hmm. you know, matched at the torso. But the lead is really like physically kind of kind of guiding and controlling it as part of the posture for the dance. And I don't, I don't think that's a contra move, but so when they're dancing, like I was already kind of like, I bet I don't like that dance unless I'm really into the person who's leading. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course that thing happens. But I also thought of the double jinx mystery in Nancy Drew, where um, the Eurasian <laughs> student is kidnapped by Merv Marble, who is a ballet dancer, and he picks her up like he's going to dance with her. And then he goes leaping across the field. <laughs> oh, God, that's horrifying. Yeah. So I immediately was having like twice the horror. Like, oh, no. Yikes. He's double jinxing her. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. The, mm, Ew. Very seriously done moment of, and he could have really could have explained that he wasn't going to do that. But that's, that's my biggest problem with that is that he could have been a human being and, and been like, just, just go along with this. That just go along with this. And then, and then say, I want the outfit. Just just give me the outfit. And then everything is cool. He already shot the other David. Wasn't the other guy named David too? The guy yeah. that brought the now diamond bedazzled outfit to the back door of the New York club. And that same man of hench, Barnes, um, just shot him point blank mm-hmm. uh, and threw him into a dumpster that mm-hmm. had a sticker on it that says rubbish. Rubbish. Um, <laughs> that was in LA. But that was for me. I don't, I don't that have those New York. I don't have a, any expectations of humanity from that particular man of hench. My only expectation is that he kind of have a Marlboro man vibe and really fluffy, soft, lovely hair. hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He also made a lot of squeak like squawking noises on the horse horse chase and <laughs> when he told jennifer he was like get in there like he said it in a really squawky <laughs> cowboy kind of way which was extra scary he went off the rails a lot for me i didn't like it he hadn't then, been shot that could be his stage name the squawky cowboy squawky cowboy <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then he gets shot, and the other guy is the last person, I guess, in this chain of people getting murdered. Do we do we assume that the woman who did the heist got murdered too? I assume so. No. That's I have a lot of questions about the okay. heist and how it ties into Jesse because he doesn't strike me as a criminal mastermind. <laughs> um, so I don't think he's necessarily like in charge of a massive group of criminals. Although he right. does have two relatively competent men of hench. Men of hench. Yeah. Um, Pretty effective men of hench. That I mean, scene was great too. When the, when the guy, when he, when Barnes shoots the guy in New York, because mm-hmm. the New York guy is like, here's a little, tough little New York guy. And Oh, mm-hmm. he's, he's up against this yokel. And then it's like, dude, no, that boy has got a gun on him. Like he's from the South. Like yeah. he's, <laughs> 
there he will kill you and then he just shoots him like it was well <laughs> and before he sh- before he shoots him i actually laughed when he shot him because there's something about too. the way that he just <laughs> that he just unloads two two quick ones into him just point blank is kind of hilarious but he before barnes does it he fully like he's standing in the doorway of the club in the alley right and the other guy that I also think is named David for some reason is standing there with the garment bag, right? And they're going back and forth and he's trying to get more. He's like, it costs you more now, blah, blah, blah. And then before he murders um, the guy with the garment bag, he fully leans into the do- back into the doorway of the club yep. to look and make sure nobody's coming. And mm-hmm. then they cut back to the victim. And he also is looking around um, because he interprets that as Barnes just making sure that nobody's overhearing their uh, shady transaction. Yeah. So my my understanding of the structure of this criminal uh, endeavor is, and this is because of the way that these men of hench spoke and the way they were dressed and all of that, it all screams organized crime, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the whole heist, when you they're pulling the Mrs. Belding thing, which again, <laughs> flawless. Amazing. Um, yeah. When they pull the Mrs. Belding, um, I think that that's the one thing where like the agreement is like the organized crime people will do this and they're going to give Jesse a cut of the money for helping them smuggle the diamonds out of the country after they steal. Ah, That's how I perceive that. hmm. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. The whole plan is that by putting the diamonds onto the costume, then it will get through customs because all of the rhinestone cowgirls outfits are covered in rhinestones, right? So that's the way to get it into Canada. And that's their plan, right? So he, the uh, soft-haired man of hench, by murdering the guy who made the outfit, who's clearly aligned with the organized crime group that pulled the heist, like already they have to to go rogue. Like it's already a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Makes more sense. That connects some dots for me. I just feel like it could have been less convoluted even still, <laughs> but it's not. I have like a rewrite idea that I just don't even, I don't feel like I care enough to say it though, weirdly. Like, it's like, why not have that the woman who did the heist should be the husband and that woman plotting with uh, the Rhinestone Cowgirls tour? You know, they're fucking around behind her back doing heists and using her tour to get out of the country but she finds out about it and then foils their plan by making Jennifer wear the outfit. What if she was like a backup singer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then she's, they turn these there and the husband's like having an affair with her. It's just much more simple, not get rid of all these henchmen. You can have the henchmen around, but they're not doing the the work. It's just a simpler story. I, I don't know, but it's like, even that is that a good story? I don't know. I, I feel like know. that's been They're, done in hard dark. So. <laughs> I feel like I feel like my problems with this particular criminal plot are that it was too sophisticated for a heart to heart episode. Like I, I, we have yet to see like someone pull off a crime that then disappears. Yeah, like yeah. that's kind of fancy. Like that's, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, like we we don't ever see that woman again she's not even in the fucking credits which is which is like mm-hmm. unintentionally amazing mm-hmm. um because it just made i think it maybe was meant to make everyone think that loreen was the woman Perhaps. i thought it was uh, maybe like a red herring and then the way that she's insisting that jennifer wear the outfit exactly yeah. that's what i thought but, yeah 
And that she's but, so unassumingly innocent seeming that that she gets away with these things. I definitely would have liked this episode. I like this episode a lot, but I would have liked it more if she was involved in the crime. Yeah. I feel like they missed an opportunity there. If Blackstone Jr. was willing to be the bad guy <laughs> in an episode, <laughs> I think that that uh, Charlie McLean should have been willing to be yeah. the bad guy totally. in this episode. It would have been more exciting. It would have been it would have been more memorable. Yeah. Well, whoever Mrs. Spelding was, if that is her real name, just kidding. <laughs> we know that's not her real name. But whoever the young old woman playing Mrs. Spelding uh was, she was cold as ice. Yep. Mm-hmm. She took it to another level of just <laughs> I almost couldn't believe how harsh uh, Mrs. Belding was. That yes. Was crazy. Like that's a quick, quick turnaround. And she was cold. I want to see more of her work. Like I want to yeah. see, I want to see the more Belding crimes, like more of her in weird costumes. Charming. She charmed the jewelry store owner by basically saying, I'm going to be a very difficult customer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I love it. Yeah. I'm so into it. Yeah. I love a difficult mm-hmm. customer. You rich. Yeah. yeah. yeah I no, know. But- I know what a, what a jewel is worth down to the dollar. Mm-hmm. Right. She was all in. She was method with that she little cool. handkerchief. She was yeah, cool. It was good. The, the heist is so solid. I, I remain a little um, yeah. in awe of the Mrs. Belding crew. That's <laughs> <was> good. <laughs> I have to just call out, um, the classic heart to heart esque joke that Jennifer makes when they figure out that the outfit must be covered in stolen diamonds as the hearts <laughs> put that together. And they know that, that Jesse's already picked it up. He's already on the way to the airport. And at that point they have no idea if it's just Jesse or if it's all of them, like they really don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. But then Jennifer says, says oh in that case diamonds are not a girl's best friend <laughs> oh no that was a, that whole line that she gives was to max and it was really clever and good because she says max keep those for luck because in this case diamonds aren't a girl's best friend uh, i thought that was so good i blew it on that one that's awesome is anyone else thinking of that Elizabeth Taylor ad for white diamonds? White diamonds, yes. <laughs> <laughs> These have always brought me luck. <laughs> it is a an insane leap that they made to find some diamonds Thank at their party yes. and then assume that the rhinestone outfit was covered in diamonds, in my opinion. Like, if you're thinking about it realistically... Well, if we're thinking about it realistically, <laughs> she would have been like, weird, these rhinestones don't have holes for thread. Uh, (laughs) they're stuck on with so I guess they were glued on but I don't feel any glue how did Nudie get those diamonds on that outfit how the fuck did these happen Nudie was the the outer the outside of that outfit was just super tacky tacky, like it was an adhesive white paper (laughs) it Uh, was tar it was just tar on velvet and then I loved (laughs) Charlie McLean is that her name yeah Charlie's Mm -hmm. performance overall was great. She was so cute. Mm. I loved her overall. Mm-hmm. Except in the plane. Yes. When the shit's coming to light that her husband or boyfriend or whatever is a bad guy. She says something um, immediately. She figures out and then she says, they'll they'll follow us forever. Or what did she say? We'll be running for the rest of our lives. Yeah. We'll, we'll be running for the rest of our lives. <laughs> it's like that. Level. That. 
Okay, it's, let's talk about the climax. So let's silly. talk about the climax in the airfield yeah. because that was oh man, they ran out of money. Like yeah. they just ran out of money and yeah. it was so bad. They made up for the fact that there wasn't a lot of action by doing a bunch of quick cuts, mm-hmm. which they have never done before. Like this is like so I guess we could call it modern ed- film editing because it was just like <laughs> cut cut cut. Jonathan and Jennifer are in the in the car and it's like at the mm-hmm. end of the runway and it's a great shot and then it's but it's like a split second shot and then they're driving and then a cut and then they're skidding and then a cut and they're just getting out of the car in front yeah. of a plane. Yeah. Like and the whole time it's just a static shot of Lorene and Jesse in the plane and Lorene going like holding something in the plane going, no, I won't let you do it. I won't let you do it. Yeah. She grabs the wheel. <laughs> if a plane has a wheel, she grabs it. And right. Isn't that what happened? <laughs> it was like a, like a, a stick, a stick. I yeah. think it was a stick. It, they have those, uh, horseshoe sort of <laughs> wheels, half wheel things. And then it turns immediately out of the way and doesn't, uh, that was just bad. Also the way and that then, they get away from Freddy Krueger, like they, that was, it was they, funny. They just kicks him. They just kick the him, stairs. and then yeah. he falls, and then the stairs fall, and then they spend oh yeah, no less than ten minutes in the cockpit of the car discussing what they're doing mm-hmm. the entire time. Freddy Krueger, who has just been kicked, not <laughs> yeah. shot, yeah. is apparently just laying on the ground, <laughs> yeah, figuring out his <laughs> wondering what. I kept <laughs> imagining him going like, "Oh man, they're taking all the diamonds." Dang it. <laughs> That man of hench, played by Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger, is really, we keep saying his name's Buddy. Mm. I know, oh, Buddy. Yeah, and he was a buddy. But I laughed when they kicked Buddy down the stairs, not because I want Buddy to get hurt, but because it was just as hilarious as when Barnes uh, shot the yeah yeah the New York messenger guy. in so New many, York. So many betrayals in this organized crime. Yeah, Ooh, I actually, guess when, I didn't really when Barnes gets shot by Jesse. That was actually a pretty sinister moment because. Oh, yeah. Very sinister. They exchange a glance and a laugh before uh, he assumes that he's going to shoot Jonathan. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was good. It was a really dark moment. Like the, Mm -hmm. they, these were, these were good villains. I think. Yeah. Jesse like, oh man. Using that as the thing to foil them in the end would have been good. The, all these betrayals, there was a string of people betraying each other. This crime thing and maybe using that in as a way that they got caught but what instead happens is they the plane is what happens jonathan does he open the door or the guy just jumps out of the chicken they play chicken with the plane and then the plane turns she turns the plane and then Mm -hmm. he just jumps out and starts running away he has a gun in his hand Mm -hmm. by the way jonathan has no weapons ever he's chasing the guy down the tarmac and the guy with the gun and he tackles the guy he could have easily shot Jonathan. It just didn't make sense at all why this was happening. Like, yeah, no, someone should have been murdered at the end of that. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I think Jesse. The <laughs> oh, and then rhinestones should have shot everywhere. Oh. I'm, <laughs> I'm just glad that uh, Buddy, the man of Hinge, all that happened. He, I mean, he just got kicked down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. he's probably guys. going to jail. I'm but... glad that he wasn't. He wasn't killed. Well, maybe the hearts will acknowledge that he he tipped them off to the fact that Charlie was in the plane and that she was in danger. But if we're talking about like a, the cascading uh, betrayals, yeah. realistically, um, even though he's betraying Lorene, she then betrays him uh, by grabbing the controls in the cockpit. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. For me, that scene, I guess maybe it's just, is it just the weeks I'm having? I don't know. But (laughs) I felt super heartbroken at that moment. I just because well, you so love because you love Loreen. You like Loreen is, Lorene. is super lovable. I love love, and I just was like, "Oh God, what if? Oh my God!" And he was so angry at her. He was so resentful, and then he also indicates clearly that he has had this plan for a long time. He was just had to figure out how to use her, you know. And they allude to the fact that this relationship might not be on the like on the up and up when she talks about how he just pursued her and wouldn't take no for an answer more or less. Right. And that's how, right. She's like, right, honey. And it's just, it's just so unsavory, but I just, I guess I just focused instead of focusing on the fact that this is where um, Jesse thinks he's making his big escape and getting back at uh, Lorraine for emasculating him and whatever. Um, what is it? You had a head full of school goal dreams and I had a plan. It's just like, that doesn't make it entirely make sense. But how hurtful is that? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just always sad when somebody, somebody is just as cruel to somebody who loves yeah. them. That I just identify with that. It's sad. She's leaving on a world tour. So surely she would make some money for them. You know, it's not. But that, no, but that's the, the point was that he was tired of her paying his bills. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because he didn't feel I like missed, a man. Mm-hmm. I missed that. That was a funny yeah. moment, though, in the dressing room when Jennifer says something like, how did you convince him to be with you? And she says, no, he convinced me to be with him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not a very loving way of saying that. Or It just seems like. A well, weird... it's just establishing yeah. the betrayal that is to come, right? That there's something weird about it. Right. But as, as heartbreaking as that final scene between the two of them is to me. I have to give props to the fact that his motivation, that's really intense um, motivation. And the guy that played Jesse does, does it really well. He just spits those words at Lorraine, like he's spitting nails at her and it's so horrible. Yeah. But it really acknowledges emasculation. And I think that's pretty interesting. I just wanted her to be in on it in some way, shape, (laughs) or form. And the scene where they introduce their friend Max to them Mm -hmm. and Jesse gets all uppity because uh, he's not Mr. Tyler, Mr. Mr. Taylor or Tyler. And he says, it's Cohen. It's Loreen who jumps to his defense and says, Oh no. uh, Tyler's a stage name. Mm hmm. When she did that, that moment made me think, oh, yeah, no, she's totally in on this. Like there's <laughs> ah. like she is covering covering tracks now. And I, I just wish that was the case. Yeah. I wanted her to be in on it. I didn't have that wish for this episode. Um, and by the end of it, that horrible scene, I mean, <laughs> he says to her, I'll run you over if that's what it takes to get this thing off the ground. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was just thinking like, dude, you already ran her over. Yeah. It's horrible. She'll write some good songs about it though. Yeah. On the, on the oh, upside, totally. right? Exactly. It's like <laughs> uh, Lorene's the rhinestone cowgirl mm-hmm. is the, the sky's the limit now. Yeah. So we haven't talked about celebrity cleaners at all. And I just want to. <laughs> okay. Touch go. on celebrity cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> touch on it. Uh, celebrity cleaners or where you take your 
weirdly forced upon you spandex your nudie rhinestone you think yeah. be decked outfit. <laughs> yeah. I just I one I love the I love the logic of the hearts in this episode. It's their most logical episode yet as far as I remember <laughs> where they're Except just for like the hay? she gave me an outfit to wear. I'm yeah. going to have it cleaned before I give it back to her. That's just disgusting mm-hmm. for me to not do that. She mm-hmm. sends it to the to celebrity cleaners. <laughs> I thought she sent it there to have those rhinestones reattached. The well, and to have it cleaned. Oh, okay. Like, I think the whole point was to have it cleaned. Uh, but then they because, kept the rhinestones. Because you're gross if you just give someone back a dirty dress. Yeah. Um, you're gross. Did you notice the photos that were... <laughs> 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 the first photos? <laughs> what were they? I, didn't, I don't remember this. Uh. Oh my god, I didn't write it down. <laughs> oh no. No. No, the, the oh fuck. Oh no. Oh no, there it is. Okay, I'm looking at the second one. I can't believe I didn't remember this either because when you said I didn't write it down, I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't remember. I just know it was funny." Um it's uh the first one is a is a fantasy island. Yes. A signed uh, fantasy island <laughs> one. Yes. And it's Ricardo Montalban and Hervé Villachez. Yes. And we have oh, it moves pretty fast. Is that Eric Estrada? I think it is Eric Estrada. And then there's also uh I do believe Suzanne Summers. Let's see. Sue, I don't know what. It's not Suzanne Summers. It's Sue somebody. And I can't tell if that's Eric Estrada or not. I mean, considering everyone kind of looked like looks But it was like it was Estrada. it was funny. It was funny to me because it was a perfect like who's who of of 1981, 82 television. Yeah, they really. And then this weird dude comes out of the back <laughs> who's just itching for photographs. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch when the Diamonds are a girl's best friend line. Did he want Lore Lorraine's Photograph yes. or autograph? Well, okay. that's Jesse brought him a, a photo. A signed oh, rhinestone okay. cowgirl, eight by ten. I don't know where my mind was during this whole scene. I was. This is when the episode was out. really, really dragging for me. Yeah, yeah. I needed it to end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, we've talked about this for seventy-five minutes. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Um, oh my god. Is oh, time? I think it's time for. Pick your cowpoke. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> there this, were so many. Oh. It starts with Ellen. Okay. Um, it's Charlie. Mm-hmm. Lorene. Sorry, it's Lorene. Yeah, Lorene. You and Bill have the same poke. You would fuck her we over, do. too, for That's a rhinestone exciting. outfit. <laughs> never. I would never hurt her like that. <laughs> and not just because I know that she's been hurt. You would let her pay for you, for your lifestyle. <laughs> You'd be okay I just with it. I just wouldn't do anybody like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going for a foursome with the men of Hench. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bold poke move. Yeah, yeah. no, it's because uh, Robert England was super cute. Yeah. Like, he looked really he good. He does a great job. He does a He's great so job. I love Robert England. Uh, yeah, so he did a great job. He was also very attractive. Uh Fluffy haired Barnes, yeah, can get it. Even though he's got weird bug eyes, and Jesse, no, <laughs> Jesse's he's he's my blonde. Like I'll I'll take it. Okay, like he's he when he wasn't wearing his Stetson, he was way less attractive. But when he was in his Stetson, I was like, oh yeah, you can we can do this. Is that the driver from the beginning? <laughs> no, that's her husband. 
Okay, the right. Blonde, the blonde husband. Well, who was the driver Barnes at the beginning of the episode, or was that a completely different person? The driver at the at the. It's, it was someone we never see again. Okay, actually, because that so was... we never see the son or the driver yeah. again. I don't think that was my first book. Maybe the driver. at the club, like in some capacity. But... Slamming driver. Then it was Barnes with his hair mm-hmm. going through the back of that club. He looks great with that giant mustache. Then it was that drummer who was stunning. Oh man, the drummer was not stunning. He was cute. And then this episode's like a buffet for you. It was so full of pokes. It's like a chili cook-off. But the one I'm the one I'm settling on for my official poke choice is that nudie car. (laughs) Because it was so great. Oh, nudie mobile objectophilia i'm actually one. i'm changing my poke to nudie i have no idea what he looks like but <laughs> Just he, de- name, he deserves it he deserves it nudie. that's so great I'm so happy <laughs> oh my god okay so my notes um the music in this episode aside like the music the score of this episode was mm-hmm. great it sounded so good mm-hmm. They did some work this episode, and it was really nice. I I picked up on it, particularly when they were driving into and away from celebrity cleaners. Uh, whatever yeah. little groove they were playing, I was like, "This oh, is great!" And it drums? sounded so good. They probably had that hot drummer playing those the, drums. <laughs> they might have. I, I still I do in my mind. The band in the episode is Mark Snow's band for the the show. Ooh, I just thought of a great rewrite too. Is the whole episode takes place in her the the rhinestone cowgirl one of her sets? It's her songs that she's playing interstitially between the scenes. She's telling you the whole story of what happened, and it's her at, at the play. What was that place called? Play playtime. 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 Sing, doing a set, and it's just like, let me tell you about this time that something crazy happened to me. <laughs> yes, like, ladies. Sometimes you're with a man that you think loves you yeah. to the end of the earth. And then, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! You know what? It. That would make it. That would make all the insane cowboy themed bullshit make more sense because it's this cowgirl's rendition of what happened that would be so funny and the chili being too spicy <laughs> the the spoon being burnt through chili that would have been too spicy yeah that would have been really through. it would have made more sense that the hearts through this insane <laughs> barn party in their house which also you just <laughs> you just wouldn't do that for a recording artist if you were gonna have like cr- critics over to you know, write about her music. You would at least have her perform. That's just, it makes me think of like, if I, if I went to a party in, (laughs) in like Paris, if, if, if someone, if a bunch of people in Paris were like, Oh, we're going to throw a party for you. And then they just like (laughs) made it rain. And like, it was (laughs) just like Seattle. What would the theme be? It was like cream cheese and hot dogs everywhere. Grunge grunge music. Yeah. (laughs) Seattle. there'd be a bunch of guys throwing fish yeah yeah pike place market <laughs> like that, i'd be like oh great. at least the booze would be really good there'd True. be really good beer coffee <laughs> yeah. and booze i mean that's and it wouldn't make me sneeze mm-hmm. well lately lately <laughs> seattle makes me sneeze although i um, would love I, to go to an la themed party in like savannah like i would love to get like yeah oh we put a bunch of palm trees up and mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to go to an LA theme party like in Uzbekistan or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, I want to mention just very quickly because I just glanced down at my notes and I see this thing. So when Jonathan and Jennifer are discovering that nudie made them matching outfits, which is great. Um, 
Jonathan says something about how they could take their act on the road or they could be a duo or whatever. And Jennifer says, uh, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. And Jonathan says, more like Smith and Dale. Did you guys, I didn't know what that meant. So I actually I looked don't. it up. Oh, what does it mean? Um, so Smith and Dale were a very long-lived uh, vaudeville act. Long lived to the point where they performed together for some 70 years. Oh. Um, mm. I didn't do a deep dive. I was just like, oh, but you know how when you do the search, then there's the little little sampling of images. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's Smith or Dale, but one of them just has such I know it's meant to be like kind of the Charlie Chaplin-y sort of Laurel and Hardy-esque kind of tiny mustache. <laughs> but you know, it's unfortunately Hitler. Yeah. So it just kind of <laughs> I just glanced down. I'm like, oh, Hitler-y vibe. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but so it's a vaudeville team. And I also want to mention that Mickey Jones uh, was the announcer in the first club. The guy, he's like such an everywhere character actor. Oh. Hmm. But he's know. in total recall among being <laughs> in every single other thing where he basically, in my mind, he's always wearing overalls, but I don't know that that's <laughs> a fact. Mickey Jones. Was he wearing oh. overalls in Total Recall? <laughs> I know. That this seems guy. unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing future space Mars overalls. <laughs> Scary Mars Transformer overalls. Here he is on home improvement with Tim the Toolman Taylor. Oh. Yeah, I, I did recognize that guy. He looked so familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's very bikery. There's a moment in, in this episode that. I'm curious to know your thoughts on if anyone picked up on it. But when when Laureen tells basically tells Jennifer, you are wearing this outfit that we mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. uh, she says, I've got a surprise for you. And Jennifer's response is a very quizzical surprise. surprise. And the way she <laughs> says it, I'm like, surprise. were you were you suddenly trying to do a Southern yeah. accent? <laughs> a surprise. <laughs> like, oh, so she understands me. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> I speak jive. Yeah. Yet again. Yes. Said. Surprise. <laughs> and she. drifting off into past overalls and Mickey Jones's kind of overall, not literal overall look, his overall look. <laughs> and then I think immediately of that picture from the Guinness Book of World Records. And I can't believe that this was a category. I mean, I can believe it because whatever but those the heaviest twins was the guinness book of world records yeah. record and the photo of the twins i hate to say it but one year i used it as my christmas card oh um but it's two twin and they're riding mini bikes so that it exaggerates maybe they're not mini bikes i read them as mini there bikes it <laughs> but it's it. the two twins and their mm. jeans and their cowboy hats yep. yeah they're cute i think those are regular sized motorcycles Okay. That just looks like Joe on his scooter. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> For the Christmas card, hideously, I just put Santa hats on each of them. Aw. That's cute. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of photos of them on motorcycles together. Oh. There's so many. Well, they were clearly excited to be in the Guinness Book of World's record. Yeah. yeah so no, they were, they were enjoying exploiting themselves. So. Yeah. Like Thousand Pound Sisters. But. Ugh. Let's not what? get into it. Let's not no, get into no, it. No, no we're not, I don't want to know not, about that. Okay. We're not talking about that. Sorry, I took it. I took it there in a weird <laughs> way. But should yep. we do our ratings? Are yeah, we, I think it's ratings time. I have no idea what you guys are going to rate this episode. Honestly, 
That's weird because I totally know what I'm going to rate this. <laughs> this is a five. I will run you over with an airplane. <laughs> no, you'll you'll get in an airplane and then I will quick cut from my Rolls Royce. <laughs> you'll try. You'll be going up a little staircase. Areas. I'll kick you. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm giving it a four because it brought me joy mm. consistently. In small ways, which seems to be sort of my theme for season three and for a lot of these episodes. But this one, I I have to say four. I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm also giving it four mm. because I... <laughs> well, so, okay. I was conflicted because the beginning of the episode was so good. Yeah. The heist was so good. Yeah. And then yeah. a bunch of little elements of it were so good just like so Mm -hmm. pleasing and joy bringing Mm -hmm. um but it did get really boring like there were there was a long stretch where i was like this is going on too long Mm -hmm. um and i wanted to yeah actually yeah Mm. i'm gonna give it a Mm 3.5 because it was a little draggy it was a little draggy for the parts that drag and this is not saying that the episode is better than you think by any means or or better than you just described your experience it's um do you wonder how that would play to you if there were the commercial breaks i do uh i i always pay attention to where the commercial breaks are the because they breaks. that's always interesting to me where they choose to chop up the story i think my problem was that when they come back from commercial break it's really happening everything is cool it's when the action starts, things get really dull. Yeah, sort of, yeah. And then it's a commercial break, and then it comes back, and it's, yeah, the action in this episode, aside from the heist, wasn't exciting. It was the little things. It was the interactions mm-hmm. between Jonathan and Jennifer, which are some of the best that I've seen yet. And it was just hanging out with Loreen and the fun, you know, kooky <laughs> country western motif that was fun and i did like the villains i thought the villains were genuinely sinister mm-hmm. yeah i don't know the horse chase <laughs> it went on too long <laughs> the airplane thing was so dumb i just i thought it was really are you going down again no, you no. might go down again <laughs> yeah. no i'm not gonna go yeah. down again because i honestly you're the, convincing yourself that you hated it the the uh the take my boots off scene and there was another scene before that, just another like, oh, I love you scene between Jonathan and Jennifer that I thought was really adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, those those lift it permanently for me. I didn't like the way they tortured Freeway with hot chili. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. like that they made <laughs> yeah. Max of a, a moron cook. Like that was bad. Mm-hmm. But I like the song that she sang, and <laughs> I like the clothes, <laughs> and I liked a lot of things about this episode. So one heart. No, it's three and a half. I'm giving it three and a half. I liked the cascading series of villain betrayals until (laughs) shit got so real in the cockpit of that tiny prop plane. And then I felt so devastated. But anyways, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with the four. Um, I feel like I don't usually, I don't usually change once I spit it out. Yeah, you're done. Once, (laughs) uh, like, hearts up 
their sleeves is that the name of the episode i felt again like i was trying to like hold an episode that was made of sand in my hands <laughs> and it was falling through and it was very like there were boring moments there were i was confused pretty much the whole time the plot there were so many characters the plot of mainly having the hearts throw this weird barn party inside their house was very strange i felt they had this great country western singer with these awesome outfits, but I don't feel like they did much with her at all. Like, and, or Jennifer dressing up in this rhinestone outfit. She then just walked around the party a little bit and did a little dancing. There was, it wasn't utilized. I thought in a, like a great way, you know, there's a horse chase, which actually was a little bit boring, which is kind mm-hmm. of surprising the way they cut it and just a little draggy. And uh, yeah, there wasn't much to hold it together for me. It felt like a lot of different, things coming together that didn't really fit together so i'm gonna go with a two on this one. Oh wow yeah it was really i don't know mm. i, I want to say like it was my mood but i was in a fine mood when we started it so i don't think i can blame that it's just <laughs> it didn't feel like it fit it came together in a lot of different ways there was it was convoluted there were a lot of different things going on that it wasn't that compelling of a story even if even if you lost all the convoluted things yeah uh, there were there were very easy ways to make this more interesting that they just didn't do for some reason. And mm. It felt too much to me like a guest episode. Yeah, where it was like we're we're showcasing a guest, and it was Charlie McLean. Like we're showcasing this country singer. Totally, but then and have her sing more. That would have been great too. These either have her sing more or make her the villain. Like yeah, that really would have just like elevated the whole thing if if she was in on the crime. In some way, like she doesn't have to be the ultimate villain, mm-hmm. but if mm-hmm. she was in on it, I feel like we would have, I, well, I know that I would have appreciated it a little bit more. Yeah. And even having the rhinestone be an actual $9 million diamond studded <laughs> outfit, that's a cool idea, but it just didn't really hit for me. It was just kind of wasted and confusing as fuck too. <laughs> and the plot of them taking it to the dry cleaner is what? foiled everything i guess that's this this, i i love that like these are the elements that i liked because it felt like for the first time the hearts are unwittingly part of a plot like usually they are they they're like yeah oh there's a plot let's get our asses in it (laughs) and in this one it was just like they had no idea what was going on almost the entire episode yeah Mm -hmm. and it was just their <laughs> their politeness that foiled the crime like that <laughs> they were like we're gonna clean the dress before yeah. we give it back and there's usually some foreshadowing if the hearts aren't on to the the criminal endeavor right off the bat there's usually some foreshadowing that the hearts experience mm-hmm. where you know max says oh that guy's weird or there jonathan has a deeply unpleasant encounter or somebody's very rude to jennifer like there's usually something that kind of sets the hearts down a path of kind of having a little, you know, look to look a little askance or to be a little wary of someone who eventually turns out to be a criminal of yeah, like no, success. They weren't suspicious this, of this, Jesse This time it was like, Jennifer trying to pick up rhinestones off a glass table. That's the one, <laughs> that's the moment when they became To drag them across cutting through the table this is the second diamonds cutting glass moment. yeah mm-hmm. yeah you're right in a row what is a very black that tie might be thing the, to do the biggest, it might be the biggest oh, black tie i was <laughs> gonna say it might be the biggest science lesson 
of this season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And they've made, maybe they're trying to make up for the mistake of when they thought acid melted diamonds. You remember that? Maybe. And that open acid vat. On, on bubbling vats. They're like, the writers <laughs> were like, we understand what diamonds are. Here, let's give a bunch of examples of what diamonds can do. We understand we made a mistake and the acid doesn't melt them. But mm-hmm. here, let's make up for those mistakes that we've made in the past with diamonds. Maybe it was sponsored by, um, you know, Blood Diamond <laughs> K? Corporation. Sponsored K season. Jewelers. <laughs> K Jewelers. Well, uh, Rhinestone Hearts scores 9.5 which makes it a very high mm-hmm. heart murmur yeah oh, wow. i, I like this that. episode more than that but i totally get like it it dragged there's yeah. a drag in mm-hmm. it so i'll i'll accept that for all rating. the components it should have been more exciting for all of the components that were going on in the episode it should have been more watchable more fun just i'm definitely gonna fun. watch this episode again though like i this isn't one that i'm gonna skip yeah i don't know Downhill like, to Death. That's my number one episode I want to rewatch. Really? I think. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one for me. Hmm. I've been I've been craving homemade hearts. Oh, weird. Mm. You didn't you didn't really like that one. I didn't at the time, but now I'm like, that was so good. What episode of the season are we on right now? I'm seven. Okay. It's so crazy doing this once a week. Like it's we're yeah, moving we're so slowly down, through yeah. the- <laughs> It's really funny. Well what are we doing next, Ellen? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, next week, originally airing on December 8th, 1981. My favorite heart to heart episode title of all time. Ooh. Heart of Darkness. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Apocalypse Now. They don't deserve that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> heart of Darkness. Jonathan's jet set life is plunged into darkness when an emotionally disturbed man pours a blinding chemical into the heart swimming pool in the mistaken belief that Jonathan caused his sister's death. Wow. Okay, this sounds so good. Jonathan will be blind for most of the episode. Love it. That sounds so great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm laughing. Sometimes I laugh at terrible evil. <laughs> Sometimes evil makes me laugh. It's a coping mechanism, but yeah. also maybe I think it's funny. When you said Heart of Darkness, I assumed one of the hearts would go bad. Or would it seem to go bad, which would be a cool plot. Jonathan and Jennifer get on a U-boat to find <laughs> <Right>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Colonel Max. It, who is right. <laughs> it, it gets real Joseph Conrad up in here. <laughs> they have to find Max, who's like gone missing. In the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> and has started a cult. <laughs> that would be awesome. Dahora, Dahora, Mrs. H. Uh, smell the napalm. They all have the cult has all his different aprons on with different catchy <laughs> slogans. <laughs> he has an apron that just says Apocalypse Now on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. Well, uh, Thank you all for sticking with us and listening. And also, thank you for writing to us this week. It was so good to hear from you. I know that I, <laughs> I did that really lame, like, no one's talking to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, was, that was guilt-inducing or <laughs> sad or I don't I'm know. Sorry, what it, but it what worked it was. because it was really good. Oh, to, <laughs> no. It was really good to hear from, Je- <laughs> from Jenny and Bill. Yay. Uh, it was really good Great to hear from Max. Thank from, goodness. Uh, thank goodness. MCH, whose name I don't know and I won't divulge. Um, great to hear from you. And, uh, we also got an email from Jackie Colts. 
I'm still here and enjoying your podcast weekly. <laughs> Yay, uh, she's still there. So I haven't been in touch. I've I have to tell you that listening to this podcast has been one of the highlights of each week during the pandemic. Yay. I hope you're all doing well. I cracked up when you guys were talking about how Dodsworth Nash screamed mother <laughs> when he fell and <laughs> cut himself. <laughs> I think he actually yelled Muller uh for the other man of hench. Oh. oh, good catch. Good catch. Mother. <laughs> oh, Jackie, we need your help with this episode as I clearly uh, yeah. wasn't paying too much attention. We need help. help but but th- what I did hear from, from people who did reach out was that they don't like these episodes either. The oh, recent yeah? episodes. Yeah. Okay. Like we have been in the slog. It's been a heart of darkness. Uh, and it's been a heart of darkness. And now we're coming up to light. And I'm very happy that you're all with us. Well, it's so I'm nice. Not. <laughs> I'm still in the darkness. <laughs> we'll see. How are people feeling about one episode a week? I realize as ideally, like everyone is is able to reenter their fuller lives uh, safely very soon. And two episodes a week seemed very pandemic-y <laughs> yeah. for us anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, pandemic panic. But- <laughs> I'm just wondering how people feel about it. It has changed changed things for us. We can talk about that when we yeah do a season recap because it's the first time we've been doing it that way. But yeah, but uh, if you have anything to say about that, please let us know at itwasmurderpod at gmail dot com mm-hmm. or at our Instagram at itwasmurderpod or our Twitter at itwasmurderpod. Send us anything you want to send us. We had a wide. We're very happy to have it gap on this episode <laughs> another polarizing episode we've had a couple very polarizing episodes this season i would love to hear what the listeners think about our more polarizing ones like Aww. who's who's right i'll be interested at at the end of the entire podcast who which one of us will add if up we live yeah if we live who rated the most like the the highest who likes Ooh, heart that's the, heart actually, the most we, we have that's a metric that we haven't done yet yeah is our individual oh, get margaret on it like yeah. adding up margaret. our margaret uh at least margaret do season margaret. one for us because that's the one thing we don't have the uh metrics on but <laughs> for this i can do i can do season two and season three i'm adding that to our season finale like list of things to do is to that's a really good one which one who of us liked, liked it the, the most the most yeah yeah that's really good that's wow. good. I like that a lot. Maybe I partly love this episode because it just threw me down the rabbit hole of country music that I love. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that that's it. That's it. I, that's we it. love you guys. Thank you for listening. And Freeway, I'm sorry that they poisoned you with super spicy food. That was so mean. Mm, was and mean. I know you ran to your water bowl, but I hope that you didn't have fiery diarrhea and you had a good night. Oh, my God. So, good night, Freeway. <laughs> oh. Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway.